You know, these, uh, these Mr. Men and Little Miss characters, they're, they're great, aren't they? Our creative team, the, the creative team we, we've got here and everyone involved in, in making this happen, uh, they do a, a fantastic job. So, so why don't we at the start, why don't we, why, why don't we show some appreciation? Why don't we give them a clap? It's fantastic, really good. They are starting to take over the stage, though, so I'm glad it finishes next week because there'd be no room. And there's one thing that I want to point out to you this morning before we move on. I can't move on uh, without pointing it out, and you may have noticed it already. Mr. Quiet, Mr. Quiet has been placed slap bang in the middle of Mr. and Mrs. Stubborn. <laughs> That's ironic, isn't it? And, and maybe take that picture. You know, next time in life, when you're stubborn, when, when you're having a bit of a disagreement with someone, maybe have a, a look at that picture and remain quiet. It will helpful. It will help you. You know, if you've missed any of our series, um, sermons during a holiday uh, season, or because of work shifts, then I really want to encourage you to, to listen uh, on the podcast. I missed two while I was away, but I've caught up with them on the podcast, and, and I've been greatly blessed. So I really want to encourage you to do that. And as I've said, the, the series finishes next week with all-age services, and we'd love you to come dressed up as your favorite Mr. Man or Little Miss Character. You really don't have to if, if you don't want to. Just come as you are. You can be Mr. Grumpy, I'm joking. There is really no pressure. It's going to be a great end to the series, though, and we've got um, a few surprises in store, too. It's one not to miss. And this morning, we're, we're looking at Little Miss Busy. And you can tell just by looking at her that she's on a mission, isn't she? She's in a hurry. She, she's got things to do and places to be. Probably the shops because she's a woman. I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. And I'm not going to make any other reference to the fact that the character's female. Apart from women do think that they work harder than... I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Really not. I do love Jesus, but I don't want to see him just yet. So hands up here if you've had a busy week. Hands up if you had a busy week. Some of you need to get proper jobs. Not many hands at all there. You know, there is nothing wrong with being busy. I've had an extremely busy week. I haven't stopped. The, the senior pastor's away and it's been busy. Just to say that for the benefit, clearly, of the podcast again, I've been extremely busy. The truth is, though, we're all busy in life, aren't we? And we have a, a word to thank for that, a word which I hate with a passion, and it's Multitask, multitask, to work at several different tasks simultaneously, the, the dictionary defines it as. And to be fair, this is where the women do come into their own. They are so much better at multitasking than us men. Am I forgiven, ladies? But life, life, life is fast-paced, isn't it? And then when you think that the advances, the advances in technology that have been made in just this last decade alone, they're, they're truly remarkable. We've never been so switched on to technology as we are right now. But the downside to that is that we never switch off. 
See, the smartphone has changed everything. We may think that it helps us work smarter, helps us work faster, but actually it, it makes us work harder. We no longer have to wait to, to get into the office to, to check our, our, our emails or, or answer our emails anymore, do we? We instead do it at mealtimes, when we're out with friends, at weekends when we're with our family, or we do it last thing at night or first thing in the morning. And I'm sure you've all heard someone say, excuse me for a minute while I just send or while I'll just reply to this. I know I have, and I know I've also said it too. There's no such thing as a nine-to-five job anymore. Everything's 24-7. Businesses work around the clock. And then you can shop, you can travel, you can eat, you can drink, you can party. You can go to the gym 24-7. We have cities that never sleep. And for Little Miss Busy, you know, this is perfect. And while there's nothing wrong with having a good work ethic, we should always give our best because we honour God when we do. But we can and we often do take it to the extreme, which then actually results in shutting God out. Don't let your business, the, the thing you do day in, day out for a living, become your busyness. See, we can let what we do uh, define us. We can think of it as our identity. This can happen because, you know, when we, we meet someone new, we, we often, don't we, introduce ourselves with our, with our first name, closely followed by what we do, our occupation, the, the job that we have. But it's important to remember that if you're a Christian here this morning, and I said it last week, and I'll say it again this week, and I'll keep on saying it. If you're a Christian, your identity is in Christ. Your worth is never in what you do. There may be some here this morning that, that aren't currently working for, for whatever reason, and that can be tough. But again, it doesn't define who you are. Our value is never in what we do, but is all about who we are in Christ. I am. We are, you are, a child of God first and foremost. And maybe the next time you introduce yourself to someone new, you start with that, especially if you want to leave quickly. We need to remember, though, we are children. You are a child of God. We're busy, not just with work in life, but with everything in life. I know people whose diaries are full for months, months in advance. Meetings, appointments, meals out, cinema trips, time with friends, date night. Everything is meticulously planned. They even have a night planned in their diary to plan their diary. I've got a date to see them in November, but I might cancel it the day before just to mess with their heads. I'm joking. The truth is, though, we're all busy, aren't we? And we're in holiday season right now, where we all try and get away. Uh, we try and get away and we have a break, but we often come, in, come back, don't we? Feeling like we need another one. We work hard all year and save and, and look forward to the one or two weeks we have away, where we can escape, where we can switch off from everything that we face. And, and you see it, don't you? People who are on social media, they, they let you know for the week or, or two weeks that they are away that they're signing off 
that they're switching off for that period of time. And I want to suggest that this is something we should all try and do more, myself included, because life is busy. When we're not at work, we can often think about work. Then when we're at work, we're thinking about the 101 other things we have to do outside of work. Things like collecting the kids, feeding the kids, transporting the kids here, there, and everywhere. Then there's the lawns to mow, the bins to put out, the washing to be done, the house to clean. This is just my life. (laughs) Then when you're finally home, you hardly have time to catch your breath before you start thinking about the following day, the lunches to prepare, the emails you've still yet to send, the marking, the planning, the presentation you haven't had time to finish. I haven't even mentioned the endless DIY tasks that we keep putting off because we just haven't the time to do it. I need to mention the enemy. You see, the the devil, Satan, is very real. And as Christians, we know that. And if you're searching for God, you, you need to know that too this morning. But you also need to know that the devil is never equal in power to God. That would be like comparing an atomic bomb to a a water bomb. There's no comparison. Jesus, um, and it's because of Jesus that we have the the victory in every area of life. You see, the devil, he, he really doesn't have any power over us, but he does distract us. And one of the ways he does that is by keeping us busy. See, it's easy to become overloaded, overburdened, and overboard and go overboard with busyness. The Bible has, has lots to say about this, and Jesus in particular. And it's Jesus who offers us and gives us a different option, a better option. In Matthew, the first of the Gospels in the New Testament, Jesus says this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And we're going to pick that verse up uh, in more detail in a, a little while. Jesus also says in John 14, 27, another of the Gospels, My peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And this verse, it, it can and it does relate to fear, but busyness can lend itself to that. You see, in Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 3, it says, being too busy gives you nightmares. That's interesting. But it's in Jesus that we have perfect peace. And if you have a a Bible this morning, we're going to have a a look at a passage that's in there. It's in the book of Luke, the third uh, book in the New Testament, also one of the Gospels. It's Luke 10, 38 to 42. And while you turn there, You may have already guessed, it's the story of Martha and Mary. And if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you'll have probably read it and heard loads of sermons on it. Martha is the ultimate little Miss Busy. But let's see what else we can learn as we read and unpack it together. The words should come up on the screen. Verse 38 Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. 
And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone, uh, left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This, this is a, a short passage, but it's also a great passage. There's so much in it. Martha is the older sister of Mary, and also Lazarus. You, you may have heard from him. He's raised from the dead a, a little later. And the passage starts with, with Jesus and his entourage entering, entering a, a village. And notice this. It's Martha who notices Jesus first. You see, there's been much talk of Jesus and his popularity and his following is huge. People are saying great things about him. Martha knows this. And it's as Jesus enters the village that she's the first one out. She's the first one out and she welcomes him into her home. Notice also, the passage says that it's Martha's house. And with that comes huge responsibility. You see, there's the, the mortgage to pay. There's bills to pay. There's food to put on the table. And then as the older sister of two siblings, there's loads more responsibility on her. And hospitality was huge in this culture too. It was considered shameful to turn anyone away from your door. And it's here, as they're now in Martha's house, that this realization hits her and she goes to work. The passage says she's distracted with much serving. She's busy trying to make the guests feel welcome. She's in the kitchen making sure there's enough tea and cake to go around. And it's also here that Martha notices Mary. And she notices she's not pulling her weight. You see, Mary's with the guests. And she may want to be treated like a guest. She's certainly not helping out. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's easy to be Mary when you're not being Martha. See, Martha has all the responsibility. She's, she's probably often busy cleaning caring, providing for her younger sister and brother. She's probably the one that does the, the majority of the work. She probably doesn't have that much time to herself. She's far too busy for that. And it's here that as she sees Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, that she can't contain herself any longer. I think we can all associate with Martha much more than Mary. Sure, we'd all like to be Mary, We'd all like to sit at the feet of Jesus, but our lives are, are too busy for that. And busyness can rob us of that. Also, we think, sure, if, if we had time, if there wasn't the 101 things to do, then we'd sit. We'd listen to Jesus' teachings just like Mary. We'd sit and read our Bibles. We'd sit and pray more. But the truth is, we're more like Martha. We're, we're far too busy for that, and it doesn't seem fair. Martha, Martha doesn't think this is fair either. And you can tell this by the question she asks Jesus, and then the assumption she makes that Jesus 
will agree with her. Lord, she says, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Then the assumption, tell her then to help me. But how Jesus answers her totally amazes her. It's insight and huge revelation. And we all need to hear and and listen to what Jesus said. Because it applies to us here today. Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Only twice. Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And I want you to know, unlike me, Jesus hasn't got a stutter here. You see, he wouldn't have said her name twice. The writer is trying to emphasize the the point Jesus is making. And when Dee has temper tantrums, I mean, when Kara has temper tantrums, when when she's upset for no reason, I do this all the time to, to try and calm Kara down. Kara, Kara, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. It's reassurance uh, that's needed. And this is exactly what Jesus is doing. So you, you need to know that Jesus never condemns Martha for being busy, for the question she asks, or for the assumption she makes. And we need to hear this and get this for ourselves this morning. Jesus never condemns us in our busyness or for the struggles, or for the assumptions we make. But Jesus does point to something better, though. And he also knows there's a a lot more going on. Jesus says, you are anxious and troubled about many things. About many things. And and, And it's often that, you know, when we're anxious and troubled, we get busy, don't we? We get busy to avoid what's really going on. We get busy to avoid having to deal, having to face the problems. But one thing is necessary, Jesus tells Martha. And Mary has chosen it, and it will not be taken away from her. I want you to know something about Mary here too this morning. You see, we often think as Mary as the, you know, the, the contempt... I can't say it. Can, can, I've lost... Can, Contemplative, thank you. We often think as Mary as a contemplative uh, type, you know, sitting at the, the feet of Jesus, sitting quietly there and resting. Mr. Lazy uh, would use this verse to get out of doing things. But Mary is not lazy. You see, Mary's a fighter. She did the right thing, yes, certainly, but it didn't come easy. You see, again, in in that culture, it was unheard of for a woman to sit at a rabbi's feet and and listen to their teachings. And Jesus is the ultimate rabbi. And there was no way Mary was going to miss this opportunity. She may have belonged in the kitchen, and I'm not being sexist there. That was the expectation. She should have been helping Martha with the tea and cakes, but instead she fights. She fought to sit at the feet of Jesus. See, Martha wasn't happy with that. And I'm sure the disciples and the other men there present, they weren't happy either. But Mary knew the one thing necessary. The one thing necessary that would cancel out the many things that Martha was anxious about. 
She knew the importance of sitting at the feet of Jesus. And boy, did she fight for it. See, Mary was courageous. I wanted you to see her in a, a different light this morning. Mary was courageous and tenacious. And Jesus says he's not going to take that away from her. And by doing that, get this, by doing that, he's indicating to Martha that it's okay for her to be in that space too. You see, he's breaking the expectations that others have put on her. He's accepting her and he's inviting her to come and sit at the feet of Jesus. And I want to encourage you all this morning, my, myself included, that in our many things, you know, in the busyness of our lives, to be more like Mary, to fight for the one thing necessary, to sit at Jesus' feet. And I want you to know this morning that you are accepted and you are invited to do so. Don't let the expectations of others or the busyness of life keep you away from the one thing necessary. You know, there is a, an incredible rest and peace when we fight against what's keeping us away. When we fight against them, we, we choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. You know, there are some things in life that are worth fighting for. And for me, this is definitely one of them. You see, busy people, busy people can become burnt out people. There's, there's only so long we can avoid things for. It always catches up with us in the end. And it's also important and, and vital to remember that we need rest so that we don't become restless. And to help us with that, there are three things. Three things that I, I quickly want to uh, leave you with this morning. And again, I've, I've kept it simple. And they are pause. Pause, pray, and play. You know, we all have busy lives, but in them, I, I want to encourage you to, to hit the pause button, to, to stop, to take time out, to do the one thing necessary, to sit at Jesus' feet and to rest in him, then to pray. This is something we should do all the time. Pray without ceasing, the, the Bible says. And what that really means is to, to pray about everything at all times. And praying this way, it will avoid us becoming busy and burnt out. And then play the last one. I think this is important to us in our busy lives. You know, we need to have fun. We need to not take ourselves too seriously. To enjoy times with loved ones, with friends and with family. You see, your busyness signals something to them. Not only do they miss out, but you do too. Make time to play. Make time to have fun. Not only will it will recharge you, but you will make memories that could last uh, a lifetime. See, jobs, they'll come and go. But loved ones, friends, family, they're with you for a lifetime. Let them know that they're important. Take time, play, have fun. And as I come to a, a close, I, I want to invite the, the band to come back. You know, I don't know how busy your lives are. And I have no idea of the many things that you may be anxious about, that may be troubling you. But I do know that in them, Jesus invites us to come and sit. To come and sit at his feet.
to find rest in him, to swap our burdens for his that are light. And this is where we're going to finish. See, we're, we're going to finish with communion, the powerful reminder that Jesus is in control, that he's the, the one thing necessary. Jesus tells us to do this in remembrance of him and what he did. In 1 Corinthians 11, 26, it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And what we also do by taking it is proclaim his victory in our lives too. That's important. You can swap the many things in your life for the one thing necessary, his rest. And then Matthew 11, 28 to 30, the, the verse we picked up, hit on earlier, it says this, come to me, come to me all of you who are tired from carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Get away with me and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wow, you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And as the servers hand out communion, I want you to sit for a moment, to sit and to rest, to listen to these amazing words that are going to be sung over you. And then as you take communion, as you sit and rest, as you, as you maybe swap the many things for the one thing necessary, as you do business with God, let him fill you with his peace. May you encounter his rest. Take your time. Have communion. Be reminded that Jesus is in control. And then when you're ready, we're going to stand and we're going to celebrate. We're going to worship because in them, there is that perfect peace. So as the, the service starts serving, guys, um, there is gluten-free bread here this morning. So please, if you, if you, if you want that, indicate it to the servers and, and they'll hand it out to you. But let's sit for a moment. Let's rest. Let's swap those many things for the one thing necessary.